are listening to Vintage House on WNUR with DJ Lori Branch, Kevin Mega McFall, and Lauren Lowry. Hey, this is Craig Loftus, a.k.a. Grand High Priest, and you're listening to Vintage House on WNUR. You are listening to 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago, WNUR. This is the Street Beat Show, and you are with Vintage House. Vintage House is a production of the Modern Dance Music Research and Archiving Foundation. We are here to celebrate and preserve the history of house music, uh, house music globally, and today we are doing exactly that with one of uh, Chicago's preeminent house music pioneers, uh, one of the most fantastic, kind, and beautiful men I've ever met. Uh, Mr. Craig Loftus is in the house. What's up, Craig? Why, thank you for the kind words. And we're just so happy to have him as a a host of the show tonight. Craig, how you feeling? I'm feeling really good today. (laughs) Really good today. You, you've been, you've done a lot of sort of panel discussion moderating in the past, correct? Yes, I have. So you've done, this is just like that, right? Yeah, it's just like a panel discussion. Just with no audience. No audience. Well, you know how that goes. No audience right now. No physical audience, but we've got all kinds of people on Facebook Live. Yeah, we've got a lot of people chiming in. Right now I'm at 26. Hey, Lori, how you doing? Hey, Lori, check out, check us out on Facebook stream on Craig Loftus' page. Is that better right there, Lori? Vita Girl says, what's up, y'all? And hey, what up, Titan's Al? Page and Lauren Lowry's page, which is a Kosia, because somehow it's not on the Facebook, on our Vintage House page, but you'll get it later on, later on the Vintage House page, hopefully, if I can get it to work. Uh, but we've got a phenomenal guest. I want to thank Louis Green for turning me on to Titan Davis. I, I didn't know Titan. But Louis was talking and telling me there's a little controversy. I was like, you know what? I need to know who Titan Davis is. He needs to be on the show. He needs to be able to talk to the public about himself, about his history, and his contributions to house music. Louis Lazoo. And we've got the best person in the world to interview him. Titan Davis is in the house. Titan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, world. What's happening? Okay. Let's get it, man. Welcome, Chicago. Welcome to another episode of Vintage House. Yes. Today, I am your guest host, Craig Loftus. I'd like to thank everyone for making this possible. And tonight, I am interviewing someone that I've been wanting to sit down and talk to for a very, very long time. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Titan Davis. What's happening, Jack? What's happening, sir? Man, How are you today? Big respect, big respect. I'm good, man. I'm much love, much love. Happy to be here to talk with you guys so you can... Ask me about me and learn more about me, you know, and see where I fit in in this wonderful community. Oh, you fit in very, very well. I've heard some of your productions. Thank you, sir. You're right there. That means a lot coming from you because I've followed your blueprint and a lot of other guys from Chicago's blueprint. Just trying to get in where I fit in, pretty much. Cool, cool. Well, you know what? Let's just get right into it. Let's go. Well, you know, a lot of people want to get a little history about you. You know, Um, I would like to say, are you originally from Chicago here? Yes, I am. Born and raised. I'm originally from the west side of Chicago. Uh Oh, west side. Yep. Oh, there we go. Another west sider. (laughs) Born in uh, (laughs) St. Bernard Hospital. Okay. 
Yeah, that's well, that's on the south. You know, but yeah, yeah, I, that's yeah, there yeah, when yeah, he yeah. took me. My mom made it there. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, I was born St. Bernard, January 20, 1971. Um, I lived on Roosevelt and Keeler. Wow. And okay. that if and that's a historic area for anybody that knows about the West Side, and to give you a little bit more in that story about me, me and my family. Um, my I learned recently going to a family reunion uh-huh. um, about my grandfather's sons and his sons. Well, his brothers before they were called the Davis boys. They was from our. Out from Alabama, was it, babe? That's your father's brother. My father, no, we're your talking about my grandfather first. Okay, your That's grandfather. some of my grandfather's brothers. Okay. Um, Arkansas. He was the What day- part of Arkansas? Uh, Little Rock. Little Rock? Yeah. My people are from Crossit. Okay, that's yeah, dope. Yeah, See, yeah, yeah. all the good people come from <laughs> Arkansas. And um, they were dope boys. Okay. Way back in the day. I'm not proud to say that, but this is the stuff that I learned mm-hmm. about them. And it was notorious. And they did things kind of like, wow, you know. Okay. And I, my father was probably one of the biggest gangsters on the west side of Chicago. Um, if you remember the movie Cooley High. Right. Um, we, we owned that restaurant they was in. Oh, okay. Um, we had a store there called Energy Food Market. Anybody that's from the... Um, the Cabrini Green Projects knew my whole family. It was a giving family. It was called okay. Energy Food Market. And um, my dad used to hang with the, the top of the line gangster dudes and stuff. He, you know, did, uh, he, he sold pharmaceuticals. You know, I ain't going to put, but I'm just keeping it 100. Okay. okay. My father's deceased right now, you know, so I could talk about some of the things he did. And what he, what he loved to do mostly with me is buy me stereo equipment. He, he like watch me. I used to get razzled when he bring stereo, stereo equipment, equipment in. I'm thinking this okay. stuff. He'll turn the stuff on, and I get happy. So as I grew up, and he have his little car parties with his guys, he call me. What his story sounds familiar? Come in, come in. You know, play some of my my blues records. He loved mm-hmm. Howlin' Wolf to death. Play my Howlin' Wolf. Play my John Lee Hooker, and I put it on the turntable. They, they watch this little kid. Putting right, this on right, there right, right, right. Little arm, on right. The had the little arm to go and, and then you stack them all yeah, up, and they and sit there and drop. Flick the it, thing right. and the records <laughs> drop down. Like we had reel to reels, yeah, all exactly, that stuff. Exactly, exactly. So basically, what you're telling me is that your your father and your grandfather were uh, the ones that really introduced you to music. My father, more or less. Your but father, I just, okay, okay. You know, learning about the things that my granddad did because I didn't know until I went to my family reunion. When did you realize after your father had, you know, over the years, you growing up into music, well, this, when did you realize that it was a little bit something special and it was just something that you Well, into? I was always in, um, interested in these sounds, different mm-hmm. sounds and stuff. My father never educated me on the sounds. He would tell me, oh, that's the baddest guitar player in the world. Yeah, exactly, that's the, exactly. The, woo, exactly. You know, he's singing yeah, yeah, the songs. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And, but it was my brother, my oldest brother, Jerome, when my father and mother would leave out, my oldest brother, Jerome, would turn the radio. So he was like a hippie. He would play the rock music. Uh-huh. You know, and he was, he said, and he'd put me on his knee and say, boy, that's, this is um, Jimmy Hendrix. This is one of the baddest guitar players. And he played lead guitar. You know what the lead is? He explained this to me. Right, right, I don't right. know what he's talking about. But, you know, he'd be Around rocking this time, out. how old yeah. were you? 
oh about six six okay yeah, six okay. like you okay. know and um i got more into music so but what caught my ear the most he played parliament funkadelic uh the clones of dr funkenstein album okay and those okay. sounds just took me elsewhere oh yeah, i was addicted yeah. to hearing the way they play exactly exactly and my father um, Extraordinary producers. My father would take me across the street. This is when George's music room was across the street from my house on Roosevelt and Keeler. Mm-hmm. And he would take me over there and I'd get the records that I want, you know, mm-hmm. as a little kid, you know, and I, I just knew by looking at, um, remember Ebony Magazine would have a top 20 exactly, in the exactly. back. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that one right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, top 20. Me that, right. and, I remember that. And I had my little records at the house, and I would just mess with records. Most kids be outside playing and stuff. So what it sounds like to me right now, we have the creation and development of a DJ starting right here. Yeah, because... So when when did it take a turn where maybe you were asked to do the first party? Well, that didn't happen until, ooh, maybe when I got to like sixth grade. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Listened to WJPC radio. Uh, was transitioning to WGCI, I think it was. Right, right. Uh, when the Hot Mix Five was, when I started hearing about the Hot Mix Five, I was in. Uh, that's when I lived across the street from Providence, and I went to diet school. Mm-hmm. I started learning about these mixes, and I'm like, oh snap! You know, this is cold, and I would go to Walgreens and I go buy my little three pack cassettes and stuff for a dollar. And, Right, and, Tone Masters. Yeah, Sir Trust and Tone <laughs> Masters. And I didn't know n- enough to get, like, the higher right, right, brands, right, right. but I would record my mixes and listen to them. Now I'm listening and I'm wondering, how the hell are they doing this? The what, mixing what, part. What do you call right. what? It, we didn't even call it mixing. Right, so when, when was it that you first saw someone do it? Live, direct? Yes. B Street came out, 1984. Uh-huh. We went to the Rose Theater on Saturday night in Rose, mm-hmm. and we saw B Street and Gremlins that day. And we watched B Street four times, and it was a guy named Mark Alexander. Well, we saw the first, seeing it live on, on, the, on the big screen just blew my mind. So that's what they're using. Mm-hmm. And he, even though he wasn't doing it the real, way, real way. Yeah, it was more like scratching. You know, we was, I'm like, oh, room. I'm infatuated because I'm sticking all this equipment. Like, I got this. I got an amp. I got a turntable, and I don't got no, I didn't know about the mixer and none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a guy that went with us named Mark Alexander. Shout out to Mark Alexander. This guy, I got all that equipment at my house. And we're like, man, you lying. And so, man, I bet's what I do. And we went, we got on the bus, Super Transfer Sundays. Went back. This is, now I moved from, I'm kind of fast forward. We mm-hmm. moved from the west side to the east side. I lived on 77 and X's. Right. And Mark Alexander lived on 78 in Saginaw. And we took the bus back after the movies, went straight to his house, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, he had two pair of Technique SLB 100s. He had that Gemini 1100 mixer. He, he had, had the 1100, okay. He had, the, he had that same equipment, yeah, so yeah. we was bugging. So he get on there, and he's like, 
horribly whack. Sorry, Mark. We we you know we had. This is when everybody this. started out. So. Right. He was yeah, horribly yeah. whack. They were like, yeah, get it. it was, like, as we used to say, Clydesdales. It was Clydesdales <laughs> everywhere. Clydesdales. So I'm right. telling him like, nah, man, this don't sound right. That don't sound like. Ugh. He said, what you doing? I ain't know nothing about. It. So I'm putting my hands, my hands shaking and nervous yeah. and stuff. That's called G- DJ jitters. <laughs> DJ jitters. Yeah, right. the jitters. So. I'm like, they, they, they said, man, you whack. You know, you can't come up in no more. He wouldn't let me back in. He said, and if you want to talk about somebody, you learn how to mix, and then you come talk. Right. So that kind of hurt my feelings, you know, because now I know it's somebody in the neighborhood that got this equipment. But lo and behold, across the street from me is this guy named Chris Pope. Uh-huh. He was one of the originators of SR Records. This is when... Okay. Um, what was that came out on Mr. Fancy Girl mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. on SRO. Yeah, he yeah. had the jacket on yeah. and he had equipment and he would bang out music and I would always bug him. What are you doing? Like, none of your business is that and other. And then one day we had a block party. He bought all the equipment out. Now, this is my first time seeing Technique 1200s. Okay. Okay. Like, whoa, dude. I'm like, I'm going to learn this stuff. And I told my mom, I said, mom, when I graduate from grammar school, I, can I get some DJ equipment? She said, well, how much does it cost? I said, I don't know, but I need it. And she said, well, I'm going to give you some money. I don't know how much. You don't know how much it costs. I'm just going to give you some money. You get what you're going to get. Right, right. She so gets, what year would you say? This, oh, was, this, 80, this is um, 86. Early 86. So we, I'm okay, doing a little okay. stepping through. But, okay. But um, 80, from 84, I'm going to go back to 84 a little bit. Mm-hmm. My mother had a turntable component set with the tape deck. Correct. My buddy, Tony Cleveland, who lived upstairs from me, he said, man, you can scratch on that. I said, how? (laughs) (laughs) He said, well, yeah, cut out a piece of cardboard. And we cut out um, a record Made a slip pad. We made a slip pad. And he said, all you have to do is put the record on and do like this. And then he said, "Um, you can make this part here, the the fader, because he knew more about it because his brother Bill's DJ. And there's a guy named Ruben, a guy named Ray John. Mm-hmm. All these guys, Keith Wheeler, all them had equipment around them. Well, now I'm just learning all this now. Right, right, right. So once I got around them, they still wouldn't let me get on the equipment. Yeah. So uh, going back to Chris, he would, I saw what he had, and I wanted to get on. He wouldn't let me get on. So I said, I'm going to make sure. So basically you know all I mean? of this was happening, like you said, in the late 80s. So that meant that. You made your introduction in the advent of when house music really was, was making was just its was, was making its debut. I didn't okay. hear what you know the stuff we was hearing on um, BMX wasn't really considered house. It was more freestyle, a tallow disco, exactly, and um, the R and B classics and, R&B and stuff joints. like that. Yeah, so because was, that was one of my questions. My well, my question was going to be when were you introduced to house music? But you actually came in. At the time when it was just making, yeah, just getting, making its get, forefront. Get, when yeah. people was really actually making records, just because really. the first joint that I bought when um I started getting better with the DJ stuff, um was uh fucking with the drums, mm-hmm. and I bought that in time to Jack at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a place on eighty. I'm sorry, seventy night, right off Jeffrey. There's a little record shop right there. I can't remember the name of it. I paid $3.99 for that record. And this version of um, Time to Jack that I had was gray. Mm-hmm. It wasn't orange. It was gray. And I don't know if that's the reprint or the original. That I'm not sure. But 
question again now mm-hmm. now that we know the timeline of when you were first introduced to mixing which was like i say 80, that's like in the 80s, 80s the in the mid 80s mm-hmm. when was it that you first decided that you since you were in the heyday of the creation of house music when was it that you decided to start working on your first production hmm this uh, house yeah. Oh, well, let me back up. So this, are okay. you telling me, let, let's just say this. When were you introduced to music production and what was the genre of the music production? Okay, let's slide back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, when the house was kicking off, when guys was calling themselves preppy, they were dressed with the Jabot pants exactly, and all that, exactly. Genera, Willie Ware. I remember all this because my brother was in a group called Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd go out with the Majestic Gents and stuff. I remember all this like it was yesterday. And I used to design the little flyers for them when they had parties. Oh, that's I right. I used to draw stuff. Footnote. I used to draw things. I'm really good with drawing. I just haven't did it in years. So listening to them talk, this, that, and the other, um, I learned more about um, uh, the parties and all this stuff. But when, back to the question, though. What was the question? Yeah, I'm tripping. Um, uh, when, we went when, production. Which production? production. Yeah. Okay. What style of music was it that house you were music, introduced to I first? I was introduced to what was called house then because, mm-hmm. remember, you had three stations going on. I was playing this music, which was really precursor house to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, GCI, WKKC, and WNUI, who had T-Shy Bleed, Prince Easy Lee. Mm-hmm. And Larry Live would come in and do the midnight show here on WNUR. Okay. So I used to listen to all three. And what happened was when I started listening to them, I noticed when they mixed, they played hip hop, precursor hip hop. Mm-hmm. Well, real was real, actually well, real, hip-hop, real hip-hop, underground, underground, underground hip-hop. stuff before it was stuff that had big on the radio. Right, stuff that had. And meaning. I was like, yeah. what is that? You know, so um, we inter- we ended up getting introduced to WHPK. Now, HBK was playing hip-hop music. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and don't get mad at me, guys, this is crazy, because back then the game bangers would beat up anybody that was house because they considered them. House music was affiliated was, with gay. With gay, right. Yeah, exactly. They would think that you, if you did anything with house music, that you're gay and we're going to whoop you. Mm-hmm. And this, that, and other. So I was. Is that true? Yeah. Yes, that's very oh, true. Oh, yeah, definitely. I lived in the heart yeah, of. Yeah. K- uh, of of Terratown, all vice lords and blackstones. They well, back then, it was vice music, lords. and they would call that sissy music. Yeah, yeah. so they would beat yeah. you down. Yeah. I would hear stories of guys that would go up north on purpose to go beat up gay people because they didn't like them doing what you know, dressing how they dressed or whatever. It was sad, but it was the truth. And so, around my way, um, when we discovered this other radio station, W um, HPK. Mm-hmm. Which had um, Ken Ken would do like the hip hop show. He would introduce us New York hip hop. We got into that, so hip hop was starting to take off. Okay, and um, we got more to that. And I wanted to be a rapper, so I ended up doing rap stuff. Um, I became so basically your first productions weren't house music, no, but it was hip hop. It was hip hop. Now I do have a technical question. Back then, what was the equipment that you were using? For your production. Wow. I had a boss. (laughs) This was the trip. I had a boss drum machine. I had a Mattel drum machine, Synsonic drum. Uh And my boy, LP Raven from Ice Incorporated, brother had a Casio SK-1 keyboard keyboard sampler that he broke. 
<laughs> he broke it. He threw it and he broke uh, the, the, the motherboard where the paddle for the battery was. And Live V was going to throw it in the garage. I said, no, don't throw it away. I was a nerd. I had soldering iron. So I used to get hit Radio Shack and make, you know, back then you could buy the little shortwave radios to put right, together. Right, 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 right. So he said, he said, well, if you can fix it, you can have it. He gave it to me. Okay. And I went and saw where it was cracked in, and I saw it in crazy glue, put those batteries in, and bing, bling, bling. Okay. Oh, okay, but I didn't know nothing about the sampling feature. Right. So when I touched, what's the sampling? Then I'm just talking, what's this for? And then they came back, well, what's this for? I'm like, oh. Oh, now you're in heaven. Now, now you Really? Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I'm playing with the kids, and, and I'm listening, what's this, what's this, you know. So I met this dude um, named Eric. Jackson, DJE, is uh, out breaking on the corner or whatever. And he said, yeah, I'm E. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm Titan. By the way, the way I got my name Titan was in a rap battle. There's this guy named Jimmy D. He used to always freestyle and mess with me all the time. You know? uh -huh. So I wanted to come back at him. I ain't had no rap name. So I did a rap pattern after Rock Kim, and I called myself Titan. Rap Titan. Rap Titan. Like Rap Titan. Like Rap Titan. Rap Titan. So. Okay. Um, that's how I got the name. Okay. And um, from that point, I took my keyboard to Eric's house. His father had twelves down there. I'm blowing. I'm losing my mind. I said we can't touch those. We can't touch those. It's my mm -hmm. father's setup. But I got mines over here. So we walked a little over in the corner of the basement. He got a Ragley J a JVC turntable, no pitch, and he had a big Newmark mixer with a rotary knob. It's a rotary fader. I learned how to scratch on that. I oh, can wow. scratch like this oh, wow. and rotary. Okay, so, so when, okay, now we got the hip-hop part. We still ain't getting to the production part. Yeah, okay. We get That's it. a long story. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to get to the story. Well, I love the long story, but we short yeah. on time, okay. so let's do it. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so pretty much me and Eric, we um, we would do, we learned how to, to make production by, you know, we do drum patterns. We learned mm -hmm. how to use the drum machines, and we learned how to use the sampler. Eric accidentally put the record on 45 and sampled it. Mm -hmm. And it gave us longer sample time to make a loop. Exactly. Oh, okay, we can do this, and we can kind of hold the button and well, let the drum machine just keep doing like this, and we will take that, put the tape up there. But that was my first time doing production that with that, you know. And But professionally, I, I end up getting um, the SP-1200. Hold on before we go there. Okay. Yeah, now we jumped. We jumped from yeah. hip hop. Now I want to yeah. know when was it that you We're first back, did house? Back into when, house. Yeah, you, 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 we got to get back in the house. This is okay. vintage house, everyone. Okay. So we got to get back yeah, in the house. Yeah, but you so, asked the story. I know. So I, got you, I got you. I got you. I got you. And we want to know I'm everything about Mr. Davis. So <laughs> yeah. So from that point, hip hop was taking off. It was great to set another. But when you go to the parties, the girls want to hear house music. Exactly. You know and. I would do like underground part. I didn't go to music box. I was too young. Mm -hmm. My mother would not like all these people that claim to go somewhere at 13 years old. I cannot understand why they're telling this same story over and over. Right. Recycling well, this story. I got you. I, well, you know, just to come to a few people's <laughs> defense. <laughs> a few. A few Maybe people. Maybe Lori did. and I was sneaking out. Uh, what? We were at the warehouse. I was 15 years okay, old. Okay. 15 sounds a whole yeah, bunch yeah, better, better than 13. 13. Yeah. You know. So imagine you try to get you talking about you going you to ain't a, getting in. a party, uh, a, a probably like 90 percent gay party, which, like I say, ain't nothing wrong with that. But 
you 13, they really going to let you in the no, door. it ain't happening. Stop lying. Have these happening. people align. So I want to get that out the way. Stop lying. Just keep it 100 about yourself. I never went to the warehouse, never went to the generator, never went to the prop house, never went to Bismarck. I didn't do that. That wasn't my lane. My lane was uh, backyard parties, abandoned building parties, basement parties. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. So the neighborhood house dudes that, like, I came up under Chris Poe, Antoine Williams, Michael Powell, uh, uh, Steve Zinnerman, who was one of the dopest disco DJs I ever heard in my life. He's in jail now for life. Um, and, and he's the guy that actually sold me my first setup when my mom gave me that money for my graduation, and he educated me on house. Because mm -hmm. the disco, like, I would go to certain people ask, what's this song? And I would play it off my cassette player. Right. They wouldn't tell me, which was the code then. We yeah, can't it was tell like the code. you. You can't you tell. You gotta you find want, it. You want to hold your records down it. Finders Plus Real Estate is a proud sponsor of Vintage House. Finders Plus Real Estate Advisors for Professionals. Visit us at FindersPlus.com. Yo, this is Titan Davis, a.k.a. The Guillotine, and you're listening to Vintage House, WNUR. Mr. Davis has become one of the premier remixers and producers. Huh? Yeah, you have. Oh, you oh, may wow. be underground. <laughs> uh, you know, you're underground, but a lot of people, you know, you'll hear stuff out and ask who did that. Oh, that's Titan. You know, that's Titan. That's one of Titan's mixes. It's weird that you that, that we're saying this because... Um, let me put this out here to get into the house the house part of my production. I did um, my major first record that I put out on the hip-hop side was Mr. Tongue Twister. Mm -hmm. I'm the reason why Twister got a major record deal. Oh, okay. He, that's why he's here, you know. Okay. So that happened in 90. Mm -hmm. And when Eric the Wiz, I don't know if anybody know Eric. I remember Eric the Wiz. Eric did his file. The contract was bogus, everything. He was... I was smart enough not to sign it because I'm like, no, dude, this don't sound right. You know, yeah. I spoke to get this for royalties. Why do I have to sign a Wiz if it's not loud records? Exactly. So, but my manager at the time, name was Darren Andy Shazer. He told me, you know what? Let's hit him with this contract and just tell him, keep your credits on that. Keep your credits so when he blow up, you're going to blow up because you did the production. Exactly. And it's that, a got me, that got me... Um, I did PSAs for W uh, for um, BMX. I'm not BMX, DMX. Mm -hmm. um, I did stuff for Rod Digger. Mm -hmm. I'm affiliated now with the Wu Tang Clan, so I'm I'm plugged with these guys. That's you good. Know, that's good. And see, but, that's more information about Mr. Davis that we didn't know. You know yeah, now, good. but what made me transition all the way back into house? Mm -hmm. This is crazy, and there's nothing. No disrespect to nobody. I talked to Mike Dunn. Um, he had just released that Bostage. That Bostage edit was floating everywhere. Mm -hmm. And Gene played it at the Attic Picnic. I said, Gene, who made that? He said, Mike made it. So you, you want a copy of it? I said, no, I'm going to ask Mike for that. I want to ask him. So I asked Mike in front of Reynolds. I said, man, I got to have a copy of that. And Mike <coughs> tells me, he said, well, Titan, if I gave you this, it would no longer be a Mike Dunn edit. It would be a Titan and Mike Dunn edit. And I'm like, huh? He said, well, people will go see you and me, but it's a Mike Dunn at it. So it's my exclusive, really. Right. But and, you just heard Gene And play. I just heard Gene okay. play it. But it's not throwing shades like, okay, mm -hmm. he obviously don't want me to have it. Mm -hmm. so, well, you know, back in the day like that, you have to remember, um, again, 
Yeah, what year are we talking about? Ooh, this is 2000. Mm. Um, yeah. Even in the even from 11. 2011 yeah. and even back further, what you find, what you, one of the things that put Frankie and a lot of the other people uh, separated them from the pack was they would take classic songs and remix them. Mm -hmm. They and like Frankie, only Frankie had that edit. Right. So I understand the yeah. philosophy, and, and it just passed down. And that's why I wasn't yeah. mad at Mike. Yeah, I, said, I exactly. understand. There's no shade thrown. I tell you what I'm going Ron to do. Ron did the same thing. Yeah. I know exactly what I need to do. I said, I do the same thing. Titan, you do the same thing. Just remix it. Do exactly. your own remix. Do your remix. own remix. I did that, and I gave it away on SoundCloud. People started gravitating to my SoundCloud. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this every week. I get a chance, and I'm going to just make tracks. Right. So something else happened where me and Craybug, I heard about Craybug, and he was like really... Blowing up with his good, edits. yeah. Crates edits are. I said, man, really good. okay. And something actually, you know what's so crazy? Um, Crate Bug was making so much noise that mm -hmm. uh, before Frankie passed, he had reached out to Crate Bug. Yeah, yeah. I know about that. Yeah, he did the. Uh, you know, it's not over. Yeah, yeah. Let no man put his under remix. One of Jamie's remixes yeah. as well. He did. And one that's of Jamie's that's where the problem came in with me and Crate Bug. So, Jamie, I from now. I just discovered Dr. F. I can't cuss on F. Mm -hmm. I, I discovered, oh, this is dope. But if I would have did it, it would have went like this. Mm -hmm. So when I remixed it and put it on SoundCloud, I always put a little note in there. So, yo, this is another dope remix. Shout out to the originator, Jamie326. I gave mm -hmm. him his props right there. Mm -hmm. And Jamie, must, you know, I tagged it to uh, social media, Facebook and my, my Twitter. And Jamie saw, and he had a hissy fit. Man, ain't nothing better than original. This is mine. And, I, and he put up the original. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. He got mad about that. So I called him. I said, Jamie, what's wrong? Man, I don't like nobody remixing my stuff. I said, well, brother, wasn't no disrespect. I could take it down. This, that, no, it wasn't no disrespect to you. I just did a remix of something. I thought it was dope, but I put my touch to it. Well, see, there's a difference right there. Okay. Had you done the remix, now this is just my opinion. Okay. Had you done the remix, and just like Mike said, he kept that particular remix of his own mm -hmm. for his arsenal, mm -hmm. the only people that would have been able to hear that remix would have been people that heard mm -hmm. Titan play. Right. Okay? Now, if you were going to release it, mm -hmm. even if it's free, mm -hmm. protocol should have been, you should have called James. But, now this is the kick, this is okay. the catch part. I got another phone call. No, no, y'all didn't see that. Okay. I got another phone call. From the original person who did that said Jamie didn't do it. I did it. Okay. Which was now that's a whole nother bowl of grits. He said do that, and I'm not gonna put it out who it was. They know who they are, and Jamie know who it is. Okay. Well, now that's so, another story. If you got permission from the original owner, no, that app that only happened after the fact. That after Jamie, the fact of you and Jamie falling out. But we didn't really fall out. It was just that he was upset. Upset. About it. Yeah. Jamie was banging my edits everywhere he went. He, you know, he's man. What you got new? And I'm. I'm giving them stuff to play. You know, yeah. like, hey, here, you go check this out. He, you know, he dug what I did. But but it made Crate Bug feel some type of way because I reached out to Crate Bug and I said, yo, bro, we should do a collab together. I think your stuff is dope. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm pretty dope, man. Let's do an album together mm -hmm. and release it ourselves. And he told me that, quote, unquote, you're not on my caliber. I said, oh, okay. Well, this is what I'm going to do for you, Mr. Crate Bug. Every time you put out a remix, I'm going to remix your remix and make it better. Okay. And I did that, 
And it was doing, it was doing exactly what I said it was going to do. It caught leeway and me and him kind of was going at it with each other. So now he had a remix for me. He'll do the remix over. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. So we was, but me and him had a chance to finally sit down and talk. Okay. And I was like, Because that's the house music is about yeah, love. It wasn't about, it wasn't together. about, yeah. you know, hating him, this, that. It was like really a musical battle going on. Right, right. It's like, I'm going to show you, well, I'm going to show you more. You know where that came from, right? Where did that come from? Your hip hop roots. But we're going to go <laughs> back. <laughs> so, um, do it right. Uh, that's your hip hop roots kicking up right yeah. there. But, okay, so now let's segue into you doing the productions now. You yeah. know, like I say, your name has flowed. You know, I've, I've heard several remixes. I'm still waiting on, um, um, uh, gosh, forgot the, before I, it'll come to me. Okay. Had a senior moment right there. Um, Melodies. I'm still waiting on my copy of Melodies. Wow, bro. Yeah, you told me you was going to send it to me. You never I was, did. You know yeah. what, Craig? I, um, I, I was at you. a party one night, and I heard of the, one of the best remixes, edits of Melodies that I've ever heard, and Thank they you. said that's Thank that's you. Titan's work. So now, uh, since you're doing so many remixes and things like that, how would you weigh out what are you doing versus remixes, and are you doing any original stuff? I have a few original joints that I did. I actually did some work with uh, Jerry C. King. Mm -hmm. I did a remix with him called um, Freedom. Mm -hmm. Artist that he got out on track source. That's all original work. All original. Keyboards okay. and all okay. that. that um, I did another remix for him um, called Attempt of Love, uh, which did have a, a, a chop sample of... Um, Taste the honey. Mm -hmm. I chopped the bass line up and flipped it. No, it gives it that what I familiarity. Did was, see, this is what people need to know about my production. I took a bit of hip hop and brought it into house. So take what I do in the hip hop world and put it into house, and it works for me. Mm -hmm. and, and people like, whoa, this is different. They like it, you know. Right. And that's what I did. Um, I got um, a couple other joints. I got an acid track that I did called Robotron. Um, Another joint that I did for this guy over in um, Paris, um, I, I, I did an original joint with them where I replayed the bass line of um, Jesse Saunders' first joint, On and On, okay. which wasn't really Jesse's. It was um, Mark, what was the name of that group? Where he got it from. Well, a lot of, you know, a yeah. lot of all of the original, majority yeah. of the original house songs were actually remakes of, you know, we could get into the history of house yeah. on that one. But they were bass lines and keyboard, yeah, keyboard. lines that people but heard before. Everybody's taking a bit of piece of some old stuff and brought it back and used it in the house. Exactly. It still goes on to today. So, um, but the reason I do more remixes than original mm -hmm. is because people gravitate towards what they know. Exactly. More than, like, if I did an original joint right now and my name is not, like, really popular for doing re original joints, It'll be it'll it'll float so it'll mm -hmm. take a little bit longer for people to gravitate to it. Okay. But if I give you something you know already and put my twist, twist to on it, it right. they, man, look, my best. So that's a, that's what I wanted to go into <laughs> now. When did you decide that Bandcamp would have been a better platform for you than Track Source or Beatport? Well, because at this day and age, right now, don't nobody, as far as any of your remixes that you wanted to do, you could release them on any of them. Well, you know. I have the option to release. I have few releases on Track Source. You do? Okay. And the only reason I'm not really dealing with Track Source as much because the cats, the cats really ain't, they, they ain't paying nothing. 
closer. You're not really paying any money. So basically, so Bandcamp. Bandcamp give me all my. They give me my money and they pay the artists that I, you know, that I'm using. They right, get right. they bid off of that and they Bandcamp get their little money and I get my money. Okay. So we all happy. Okay. Everybody straight. Now I am coming out with something with uh, my man George Jackson. Shout out to George, G- DJ G Spot. Um, I'm putting my remix of the Wall. On his label, which is Capo, mm-hmm. so he asked me, "Hey, man, this would be dope, man. I think you'd make some noise on Tracksaurus, I, you know, Beatport, iTunes." So I'm gonna give him that remix of the Wall for Tracksaurus and whatever put just it for, that for, for that label. But I would prefer to keep it 100. I like where I'm at with Bandcamp because they take care of me. There's no big red strings with none of that, you know. I, I like that. To... I like one of the. We'll have a private conversation about that because okay. that's something interested that I'm something I'm very interested in. Also, one of your uh, multi talents is that you are a graphic designer. Yes, and I'd, I'd like to get into that. Drawing you... all my life, man. all your life. Yeah, okay. my mom. She told me a story where I got in trouble in, in kindergarten. She said, um, "Uh oh, wife's laughing." <laughs> I went to. Um, uh, Bremer. Wow. Yeah. I went to Bremer. My teacher's name was Miss Lampkins. I remember her. And she loved me to death. She said, you know, we love, he does all his work, and but he keeps drawing these choo-choo trains on the back of his homework. And I'm, I'm, I don't understand it. Every time he, he draws a train. Because my mom, she knew I was crazy about trains. She would take us, like, um, around the railways and ship park. And we right. watch the train go by, and we get excited. So that transitioned to me buying comic books and drawing little characters. And, and then there was this guy that I went to school with. He had a twin sister named Jamie. And his name was Carmen, uh, and, and her name was Jamie. And she would have drawings of karate men that mm-hmm. he drew. So look at this. And that brought my infatuation with martial arts. And also I have a brother who's deaf. Who um, this is an interesting story with him too, but we'll get into that later. But he's a third degree black belt, and he's the first deaf, hearing impaired boxer, uh, Golden Glove boxer. His name is David Davis. He was trained by Montel Griffith's father, Leo Griffith, who was the middleweight champion of the world okay. at one point. Okay. It, it's a lot of stuff, but um, I got into drawing. I love drawing. That, that's that's what my real passion is. Drawing mm-hmm. the music. You so know. you do flyers as well, I or do you just flyers, do logo? Because I know your logo designs. I do uh, logos, flyers. Uh, I actually want to get back into drawing, hand drawing. Okay. I'm really, man, it's crazy with that, man. It's a guy. For your logo designs and flyer designs, how can people reach you? I think you hit me on Facebook. I, I actually have a page on there called Titan, Titan Davis Graphic and Print. Uh, my brother has a shop out in South Holland called Supreme Graphics. So if you need stuff printed like flies, T-shirts, banners, embroidery, car wrapping, all that. This man is a one-stop shop. You can get your flyers done, get your remixes, everything you need for the party right here. <laughs> I mean, so that, with that being said, with that being said, yeah. I can actually contribute more with the house community with things that I can do and mm-hmm. the, the connections that I know. What would you like to see yourself at in the next say three years the next three years um yeah that too um well well let, but wifey just said drama free now let me ask you something let, let let's ask you this you say drama free because it has been you know that quite a few people have been coming at you now oh yeah 
I don't want Leonard Remix Roy. Yeah, shout out to I Leonard. I see you up there. Yeah, on there. So. Yeah. yeah, I have. Let's see. Everybody. We got, yeah, Chris Hillard. Yeah. George Jackson, what's up? Leonard Remix Roy. Nate Hunter, what's happening? Ron Hardy, how you doing? Bill Hardy. Uh, I yeah, reached out Bill. to him because I had an idea. Mm-hmm. I reached out to him. I can say this now because since he's on here, I reached out to him and I asked two different things. I wanted to, I said, how come no one in the house community ever tried to go put flowers on Ron Hardy's grave? I said, why don't we get a bus and we go out there and we all go put flowers and then get, present his mom with a, a big plaque mm-hmm. showing our love for, you know, what this man has done for our lives. Because he touched everybody. That would be cool. I, I asked him that. Yeah. Where he, is he buried? Uh, I think in Springfield, Illinois. Okay. Yeah, that's right. He did go and to Springfield. And I also talked to a couple other people about doing. I'm going to put it out there and let somebody else do it because obviously, you know, I'm not going to. I have the finances to do it. I want to do. Uh, a mini movie, a mini series movie about Ron Hardy and Frankie Knuckles, but make it a little series. And I had some people already in line to play. I was gonna have um, Barbecue Bobby play Robert Williams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was gonna yeah, yeah, have yeah, him yeah. sitting in a, the way I had the trailer set up was yeah. him sitting in a restaurant smoking cigarettes and listen, I really need you. And I wasn't gonna show who Ron Hardy was because that's gonna be a hard pick. Yeah. But I found somebody that looks like he could like a play. Yeah, you know, we 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 put a little bit more height on Bill. So he, yeah. yeah, we get Bill to look like Ron. Or Hardy. I yeah. had DJ Cease. Uh huh. And you know, yeah. I thought you know just and I was gonna do a little trailer with that and he said, "What what you trying this man? I'm gonna get your own club." He said, "What's the name of it?" He said, "The Music Box." And it's gonna fade. And it's gonna have the background like music. Boom. Right, right, and right. Oh, you had the, the whole door. trailer. Oh, yeah. It was just all the, the door. door. And right. And go in and you see the lights pulsing. And mm-hmm. mind you, I haven't been here. Right. I've never been there. These are stories from my brothers who and all the people that been there. So I took what y'all put out there and, and had a vision to make it mm-hmm. come alive. Mm-hmm. And I was going to the strobe lights and people dead scream, beat that right. Well, let me know? ask you. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> that that would be really interesting. So, is uh, would you say that film is another Branch yeah, of you that you, you want to be involved actually, with? Um, okay. Shout out to my man Chris Adams, my girl Hannah Mitchell, who runs Impact Studio. Uh, they're the best in Chicago when it comes down to doing film work. They're a black-owned company. I've been messing with Chris for a long time. He got me interested in doing, like, want to do film stuff, but I always want to do stuff of music history because no one here is doing it. I actually have... When you say music history, explain like the DJs here, legends like yourself, mm-hmm. Frankie, mm-hmm. Uh, Andre, they need to have... Well, you know, that's interesting that you said that because I would like to see the Chicago story told by Chicago. Chicago's, right, instead of everybody really else. Would. We've had a thousand and one people the here. The dopest you know, one I've That's seen. why Vintage House is like right there for right. me. They, you know, but we, if, but as far as the documents and putting it on film, that's a step that we I've need to take. I've seen two right dope now. documentaries. Shout out Steve Sook Hurley for the, um, the the Usual Suspects DVD. That was dope. That was Chippy. Chippy? Yeah, yeah Chippy. I Chippy, said, yeah, yeah Chippy suspects. did that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And um, Pump It Up. Mm-hmm. Theirs was kind of accurate because they had Chicagoans in there telling their own story. Mm-hmm. But people need to have, I think it should be a mini movie to everybody's life. How they got I got you, you the mini movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it, it's well, you know, first we need what we need to do is set the 
a unified timeline. Um, that's that's one of the biggest things. The biggest problems that we have right now is who did what, when, where, and how, and everyone come together. In actuality, there is something being worked on, uh, which is actually going to be April 11th, um, where a couple of people, all the heavy hitters, are getting together and actually putting the original founders of Chicago House Music, putting a timeline together yeah. so that we can collectively, we have to agree. agree. Chicago. Yeah. Yes. You know, not every individual yeah, we, documentary. Yeah. We as Chicagoans have to agree that this came out first. This was this. This was that. Yeah. And, you know, but, once we got that, we'll be good. It was, right. Yeah. Well, no, it's actually being spearheaded by Marshall Jefferson and Derek Jones. I'm just subbing with them. My input on it at the end of this, I want to walk away with, with what's called the Declaration of House Music. Just like if we have the, the Declarations of Independence, I want to walk away from this with the Declaration of House Music. And hopefully after this meeting, we'll be much closer to it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, pretty much, man, I just, I'm just trying to do my part, you know, as, as far as keeping it moving. With the music, um, and I and I got you. Let's segue real big back, back to, to wifey, drama. <laughs> to the drama. My yes. thing is this: um, I I pretty much, you know, I'm not gonna really get all involved and let everybody know what's really going on. There were just a few disgruntled people on a lot of couple of things, and Titan already mentioned uh, like an issue that he had with Jamie and the track. My personal opinion you know and it's interesting i'm gonna let you guys know that when well, titan the last the last time titan had an issue and it was with terry hunter um he called me you know um one of the things is i i think all of us titan, or uh, titan called me. yeah but i at the same time i'm good friends with terry so i reached out to terry to find out his side of what was going on um and, and i'm not you know just to say um, I understood where both of the guy, both of you all were coming from on it, and my take on all of it. If you want me to be blunt, yeah, with let's, you, let's get be one hundred. And it's the same thing I told you about with Jamie. Mm. If you're going to work on someone's stuff, mm. um, it just and if they're in Chicago and mm -hmm. you know them, mm -hmm. it behooves you just to you ain't got to just ask. Mm -hmm. Well, That's it. And, but let, let's let's do. I'm gonna do a little clarity. Okay. Because it's his story, my story, and the truth. Okay. And the truth is, all of me and Terry's issues all stem from a simple incident that was talked upon and rectified. If me and you talked, him, her, 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 nobody else to know about this. Mm -hmm. That's it. We we talked. We just we scuffed, We shook hands. It's over. It shouldn't have been brought to nobody else's attention, and to stir up the pot to make anything wrong. Now, as far as um, Terry's situation with me, where he outs that I've stolen from him, which was a bold lie. The thing was, he was upset about the issue world remix that DJ Sound did, who's a partner of mine and New Groove Records. Got you. But here's the problem with that. Okay, you and Terry had an issue with um, Wonderful first. No, Hold on. It, it was squashed. It was an issue because when I did the remix, Mike Dunn called me mm -hmm. and said, hey, man, Terry, love that remix of Wonderful. Mm -hmm. He wants to put it out on his label. This is the words out of their mouth now. Okay. 
I'm going to give you a call. He's going to give you a call. He's going to be in my studio at 2 o'clock. Right. Okay. 2 o'clock come. They give me a call. We talk. What's up, Ty? What up, Terry? What's happening? Man, that wonderful remix you did. Slamming. Mm-hmm. It's dope. At this time, it was on SoundCloud. It's a free giveaway. Now, he didn't have an issue with that. He didn't say that. He says, dope. He said, but I want to put it out, take it off of SoundCloud because he didn't want Teresa Griffin's people to be upset. Exactly. I exactly. said, you know what? Respect. I do that. Right. I took that down. He said, I'm going to put it out on my label or BBE. He's going to pick it up on a compilation. Right. I'll let you know. Other than that, just take it down and we good. Done. No more problem. But when the album comes out, was that song on there? You don't have to lie to me just to get me to do something. I would just say, hey, man, you should take that down because Teresa Griffin might not approve of that because right. you you know. Okay, let me, okay. So there was an issue, but you guys rectified yes. it. Yes. Okay, you rectified it. Okay, now let me, let me. Let I didn't me. even see it as an issue because he didn't present it as an issue. He presented it as an opportunity, opportunity an to opportunity. be put out on okay. Okay. Same thing with the It's Your World. Okay. When but see, the thing with It's Your World, okay, I'm going to try to step out. Come on. Help Come you on, step out of the I'm box. I'm going to step right back in. No, I'm going to help you step out the yeah. box for a minute. If a person has an issue, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just say, you say it's not an issue, and I, if I say that it may have been some kind of issue, and then y'all got it rectified, mm-hmm. okay, that means that y'all got a history now, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if someone else comes up, and does something. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna use me and you. Okay, me great, and you. Great. I you do a record of mine. Yeah. I have a slight problem with the way you handled it itself, but we worked it out. And I tell you to take it down. We're gonna do such and such such. Maybe that didn't fall through, mm-hmm. but we worked whatever we had to work out. Mm-hmm. Then I turn around and you put out another one of my songs, but you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Your friend did it. Mm-hmm. But if you put it out on your label. It's our label. But let me tell you but what happened. Now, let that, me tell you, how, now you tell you how I'm looking at that now. Okay. You coming for me. Nah. Uh-uh, but, I, but, but that's I'm, how you think. I'm letting you know you. that's how I'm you. looking but, at let's it. Let's fix this problem. Okay. Who is Jennifer Hudson signed up? Mm, that J Records, right? right? Right. The record label put out that whole session for the world to remix. It wasn't for Terry Hunter. That wasn't his business. The record label put that out there for the world to remix. It's not just my remix, uh, 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 sound remix. It's so many. It's thousands okay, of remixes. Okay, I didn't know that. It's, see, it's I'm just thousands of yeah, remixes. Now, this, this is what made me mad because people don't know, but I'm, I'm going to educate them. The record label put that out there. We're looking for people to remix. It's your world. Here's the session. But they said, they did say this. Do not sell, reproduce, blah, blah, blah. That's, but you know how black people do. And, but, but this is the funny part. When Sam did his remix of it, Mike and Terry and them jumped on it. Man, we, won't, we got the whole chosen few played that all summer. Mm-hmm. They weren't even playing the original version that Terry did. Right. And no disrespect, I love that version. Right. But they was on that version like flies to, to Duke. Right. And they was playing it. Banging it like it was theirs. You so see that bit of information as far as me not know, knowing right? that it was of course open to I the didn't public. Know. See, but yeah. see when, when the truth comes out, mm-hmm. then like oh, you know what I'm saying. But it's not. I'm not trying to step on that man's toes. I'm not trying to disrespect him. It's just that you're gonna give me the same respect I give you, bro. Mm-hmm. We got permission from the company, the record company, to do this. Just like everybody else did. So why mm-hmm. are you coming at me? 
I didn't steal nothing from you, so you put it out to the world. I stole from you, but in actuality, that whole session was given out to the world to remix. Now, you got people looking at me as a bad guy. But at, gotcha. the, at the same time, okay, brother, my Bandcamp account, my PayPal account, the last three days after the incident kicked off, $4,000. I got the proof on my phone I can show you. Awesome. We got a big awesome. You made this much money in three days off of Bandcamp. That never happened before. And that was right after that incident. So no disrespect. And I didn't disrespect him. Once he did all this and people were stomping on my name and jumping in, you know, just to get the little accolades. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lady Aranda. Glitter face. And, um, dude, when that happened, I was like, whoa. So what I'm going to do is he called me so-called producer, right? I took that. And I labeled all my new tracks so produced by the so-called producer. Okay. And people was loving it. Like, whoa. See now, I took a negative note, I took a negative, negative and made it positive. Right. It wasn't a step to him. And I'm like, I'm not saying, you know, you know, F Terry. I never got because I got leeway to I could call Terry. Like he told me, I could call him and talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not your enemy, bro. You could easily put me on with you. As one of your guys, teach me something I don't know, but don't come to me as if I'm beneath you, brother. Well, one of the things that I think that we got clarity on was on the It's Your World remix, it wasn't renounced to me or I guess a lot of other people that that, right that, that was no need. Um, I'm quite sure if it's not true, it'll come back out. Absolutely. And we'll be hearing about Absolutely. it. But, uh, you can go, know. I'm going to tell everybody right now, you can go to Adama. I mean, well, no, because I actually did, mm-hmm. when I did my remix of uh, Let's Go Dancing, mm-hmm. that was West End put out a remix contest. contest and remix. they wanted everybody, and the next thing you know, I released it. And so. that's the thing. And also, like I said, because I really didn't want to come on talking negative it wasn't about negativity because i had no we were here to get some clarity Clarity. and some understanding so we know who you are also even with um with reginald corner i don't have any beef with that man he don't know me from the can of paint but he's like really trying to he came at my crew like so hard like we we he's speaking for the house and we don't want Ghetto DJs. We don't want y'all. Don't do what we do. When brother, my 1984 was not your 1984, but we exist on one plane. Exactly. exactly. So you can't say what we are and what we aren't. Well, you, you have know. to remember. You have to leave each individual to their own, you know, devices of how they look at things. Yeah. Like again, like you said, but um, it was wonderful sitting here <laughs> getting all the information and learning more about you. You know. Yeah. And, and I, learning how. I'm, I'm not a cutthroat type. No, no, guy, no. I never you thought know. you were. Look, a lot of people don't know that we do a lot of business together. You yeah. know, um, but we are definitely running out of time. This you know, was a great show. It actually been a whole hour, and is another it's great extension of Vintage House. I am your guest host, Craig Loftus, and we were sitting here with Mr. Davis, Titan Davis, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you soon. And I'm going to turn it over to Lori. I got a second. second. I'm going to turn it over to these two for that second. I want to give some love to our intern, Chloe Forte, number one for hooking us up. But then my boy, the person who introduced me to Maurice Titan, is uh, Louis Green. Thank you for coming up, Louis. I'll be 20 minutes late. Uh, And let me me say this. (laughs) Let me me, um, say this. I love House. 
I'm gonna be here for a while. I'm gonna be here. Get used to me. <laughs> Get used to me. I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm going to do my part to keep the preservation going. I'm not trying to step on nobody's toes. I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm not trying to be your enemy. I'm just doing what a lot of people are scared to do. I'm doing work. I'm doing work. I'm putting in a lot of work. That's why y'all don't see me party. I don't got time to party. I got time to make music for you to party too. I'm going to see you at the lodge He's going to make me come to the lodge. Of course we are. <laughs> I'm going to come to the lodge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry that we have it. Make sure you guys come out this Saturday night. I got um, uh, Vernell Bird and Mickey Calvin. They do every second Saturday, which is called Rhythm. Uh, it's a tribute to the dancers and all the house dancers. Come on down. Uh, we've got a lot of big things going on at the lodge, and I appreciate if you guys come on out. Yep. Just I remember, like wash your hands. We're all wash good. Brought to you by Curex. Yes. You know, Curex. House music cures all people. Yes, house music cures all. We don't have to worry about at coronavirus. The the day, at the end of the day, like I say, everybody, it's, it's going to be one love. No matter how anybody look at it, if, if, get to know somebody first. You know, get. To, I, I want to know everybody. I'm cool with anybody. If you got any questions to ask me, you can hit me up. Go to my Bandcamp page, titandavis.bandcamp.com. Check out my remixes. I got some good stuff on there. And you DJs, man, support all the DJs. I tell everybody all the time. Support Chicago DJs, man. Support house music. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Vintage House. Street Beat continues. Next week, you will have DJ Kevin McFall on the mic. Get ready. Have a good night. Listen to Vintage House on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on WNUR 89.3 FM, WNUR.org, Facebook Live, and VintageHouseShow.com.